0: Are you ready to live your best life, be stronger, and fall in love with yourself? It's possible, and it's inside you, but you need to unlock the power within. Welcome to Fearlessly Authentic with Jodi Harrison-Bauer. Jodi used to be afraid to take risks. It took some stepping out of her comfort zone to get her there. Along with her guests and their stories, Jodi will help you to live your best life ever. Now, here's your host, Jodi Harrison-Bauer.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Fearlessly Authentic. I'm your host, Jody Harrison-Bauer, and I am so honored that you are joining us once again. As you guys know, this show is here to educate, empower, and inspire you so you can live a fearlessly authentic life. So if you know anybody who would love to be educated, empowered, and inspired to live that fearlessly authentic life, please subscribe, rate, and review this show. I would love for you to share all the love that you hear on it and make this place and relationships and everything in your life so much better. And if you are at all interested in what it's like to be a millennial at this time in the world, I have a millennial dating expert with me actually, yes, millennial dating guru, as I like to refer to her, Lindsay Metzler, host of We Met at Acme.
2: Welcome to the show, Lindsay. Hi, Jody. Thank you for having me.
1: Yeah, thanks for being here. We have so much to go over. So much has changed. We we talked last year, I think it was around this time, maybe a little bit. And I think it might have been in the fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had some technical difficulties, but we still you know, managed to get through. But I'd love to know what has changed in the dating world since March of 2020 to now. What have you seen change, the biggest changes?
2: What's really changing is that the world is opening up a little bit, you know, slowly but surely. And so people are going out again and leaving their houses and apartments and they're meeting in person Um, And they're doing less of the virtual and less of the like, you know, FaceTime dates and things like that beforehand and just getting right into it because they're less afraid, which is great, I think.
1: So a year ago, when people were virtually dating, do you know firsthand of, you know, all the people that listen to you on your show and friends and family, how that worked for them? did anybody fall in love through virtual dating and how did they do it once they were meeting each other online, virtually talking like we are right now? Mm -hmm. um, How did it lead to meeting in person? How did you know when it was safe to
2: then what it is now? So I think a lot of people actually met in like virtually and it worked out. Um, I started to, matchmake in the pandemic, which I think we had probably talked about before, but I am now taking it more seriously. And, um, you know, I think it's like three or four people that I've matchmade are now like dating, dating, which is really crazy um, and so exciting. And a lot of those relationships started virtually and gradually progressed to in person. And so I think that that's happening more and more. Um, but again, like, I think that's just going back to normal dating and dating as normal, which everyone's really happy and excited about.
1: Yeah, I, I can't even imagine what it was like to virtually date. But I think the thing which is so intriguing to me about what you do, learning about relationships, it's really, really fascinating to me. Relationships are very fascinating. What makes two people fall for each other, connect what it is, you know, pheromones, what is it that actually makes, causes the attraction. But to start in a pandemic through virtual meeting and then to fall in love, um, it's just such an interesting story to, it's just such a strange way to have met up and to feel safe with that person. Like you've got to be doing the virtual thing for a while until you actually, during the height of the pandemic, feeling safe meeting that person. Is that why people reached out to you? Is that why you started matchmaking? I didn't even know you were doing that. That's very cool.
2: Yeah, I started doing it just because I knew that people really wanted those connections and I felt like, you know, I have three couples, I think maybe four couples that I match in real life that I'm friends with, um, who are now like living together or engaged or married. And I was like, maybe I'm decent at this and maybe I could match people and like bring them happiness that I have. And that would make me so happy because like, there's nothing more exciting than love. And like, I, I love love. And so I was like, you know, maybe I could provide that for other people and use things that I know, like astrology and other things that could help. Um, So I started doing that with a friend of mine and it's been really fun. It's really rewarding. I mean, obviously it doesn't always work out. And some people will like not answer and just be like, you know, not, not so much of a team player and not like trust us when we set them up. And, you know, there's always like those kinds of people, but for the most part, most people are like, yes, people um, who have signed up. And I, I really love that. I
1: think when you said, I love, love, I love, love too. I think at the end of the day that everybody wants to be happy. Everyone wants to feel desired. Everyone wants to feel that, they're loved and being comforted and emotionally supported. And obviously during the height of the pandemic, that was a concern for a lot of people who were alone, felt lonely, nobody, they couldn't see their families. And so they needed that some, somehow or another, that human connection. So Mm -hmm. I love that you're doing this because I think there's a need for it. And I let's talk about the matchmaking in the millennial world because I'm 16, matchmaking's been around for a long time. I mean, I'm not ancient, but I'm 30 years older than you, 31 years older. I think you're only 29. And you know, I it's matchmaking's been around for a long time. And I love the fact that you're trying to do this for a certain generation. Is it well received or people because people do want to find love? Are they very interested to find more, even though there may not be follow through once you set up the date?
2: I think people are more. Also, just to clarify, I'm actually 30 now. Yeah, wait, oh, that's right, you did. I, I will be right, last September, right? September. Yeah, I will be 31 in September, which
1: is. Oh, crazy. sorry, I'm usually um, so no, good at remembering no.
2: stuff it's, like that. Sorry, God, like, please bring me back to my 20s. I'm happy to <laughs> ha- happy to hang out there, but um, you know, people are more open to the idea of matchmaking because I think. The problem with a lot of these dating apps is, like, there's tons of, like, paywalls. It's really hard. You have to, like, you have to pay to see certain people now on dating apps. And you don't even know, like, what you're getting yourself into with a matchmaker.
1: Could you explain that a little bit more for somebody who doesn't really know what you...
2: Yeah, like, these dating apps make you pay money to see, like, your best matches and things like that that used to be... Free, they're now like charging for and stuff. And so that can be discouraging. Whereas for some reason, if you're if you're paying like for an actual service and a person, it feels more personal and it feels more like hand selected for you, which is nice.
1: I, I agree. Are dating apps at an all time high right now?
2: Oh, yeah, I think. Dating apps are always going to be popular, but now more than ever, just coming out of COVID, like people just want to honestly, like have fun. And a lot of of people, they want to connect. Some people just want to have sex, you know, some it's, it's a, it's a wide range.
1: So what is the etiquette now with masks off? The mandate for masks are off in most states at this point, I think. Uh, Vaccinations. So what is the protocol now in the millennial world? Do you ask somebody first, are you vaccinated? I read somewhere or saw somewhere that now they're putting it on the apps that it will say on your profile or something vaccinated, or how is that working now?
2: I think... From what I know, like, you just have to tell the other person, but I think it's mostly like you assume somebody is vaccinated unless they go out of their way to say that they're not because most people with like a sane mind are vaccinated. And so, you know, unless you're going out with someone who maybe is like extremely conservative, then you don't really, I don't think, have to broach the situation. Or you can just have a casual conversation of just like, so like Moderna, Pfizer, like just, you know, checking in, um, mm-hmm. like which one did you get? I think that's always like a decent icebreaker. So it's it's okay to
1: ask. That's what I'm curious about. It's okay yeah. to ask.
2: It's cool it's to totally ask. It's totally kosher.
1: Okay. All right. One of the things that I, I read about you that you said uh, recently that – if you're confused, they're not into you. Can you explain that?
2: Yeah. So I think that when dating, it can be really confusing if you don't know if they're interested in you. If you're confused about how they feel about you, they're not interested. When someone is interested, they make it really clear. They, make an effort, they go the extra mile, they plan dates, they don't leave you questioning and screenshotting your texts, trying to analyze what they might think or feel about you. But instead, like, it's just clear because they like you. So
1: you don't have to second guess anything. Like you said, they're not screenshotting it, they're not showing it to their friends and saying, what do you think, what do you think, what do you think?
2: No, you don't have to second guess at all because when they're interested, you know.
1: Yeah, it's um you know, it's not that different and I know you are the guru from the millennials out there, but it's really not that different for different age groups. Have you found that out in talking to other women and men in different age groups?
2: Totally. I yeah. think everyone can relate to each other whether it's like Gen Z or boomer or millennial. We all have dating in common.
1: Right, we all wanna find love and we use our phones to communicate with people. Mm -hmm. And you know, when I was growing up, obviously it was very simpler. We didn't have cell phones. We just had the phone on the cord. And if, but it was the same thing in that if you called him and he didn't call you back, you know, the big thing was call waiting. And if you didn't pick up or something, and then never called you back or called you and said, hey, did you call me? Because maybe you didn't have caller ID on your phone. It's, just, it's really the same thing. We just have different devices now. And do you think, is there a way that you could ever think of making it simpler for people? Like if you had five simple rules for people to follow about dating, what would you tell somebody who's just starting to date? What do you watch out for? What should you not put up with? What would be like the five golden rules that maybe you would suggest?
2: Mm. So, I have so many rules when it comes to. I know you do. But if we're talking about like things to look out for that might be red flags, Mm -hmm. I would say, you know, if they say they're going to do something but then don't follow through, if They are like mean to their mom who like definitely doesn't deserve it.
1: Yes. I remember that was way back then when I was dating. Yes. If they're mean to their mom, go away. Run away as fast as you can.
2: Yep. If they talk badly about like exes and stuff like that, um, you know, call calling them crazy or things like that, that's never a good sign. Because they're gonna call you crazy. Exactly. Or the X isn't crazy and they might've made them crazy because they had done X, Y, and Z. Um, And then I think also just like how happy they are in their lives at that time. I think if people are unhappy, especially men, if they're unhappy in their careers or where they're at in life, like that seeps into the rest of, the relationship. And so that's something to definitely look out for.
1: Did you, those are really good rules. I like those. They make total sense for anybody. Did you find that um, a lot of people broke up? So a lot of people met people before the pandemic, hunkered down with them, figured, okay, well, we just, we just got each other. So let's hang out together. We like each other enough. I'm not going to be going out on dates And how many people do you know have stayed with that person, or do you find that people are breaking up now that things are opening up?
2: I think that it's a combination. I know a lot of people who are single who just don't even want to get into relationships now because they know that it's such an exciting time. I know people in relationships who realize that this pandemic brought them together and are getting engaged or getting married. And then I know people who broke up because their relationship couldn't really withstand the pandemic, but those people broke up like a few months ago.
1: Mm -hmm. So it's an exciting time. So I I feel that there are a lot of single people out there. I feel like everybody wants to be, you said it earlier, everybody wants to feel free Mm -hmm. and you see it even, you know, I, I don't know how far we are right now, but I'm in the city right now. And you normally I'm in Connecticut and I just see it in the city just from being here like in March and, and throughout the pandemic coming in and seeing the difference here. It's, it's almost back to normal.
2: Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, I feel like it's back to normal. Like I feel mm-hmm. like it's back last night I was at the Nick game and the energy was amazing and everyone was just like, there were moments where you really forgot about the pandemic, which was an amazing thing. But I mean, obviously then when you saw that people were wearing masks, but it really is. And on the weekends in the city, it's so alive, Washington Square Park, um, it's just, it's it's definitely coming back or if not back already.
1: Are there new ways to date? Have you found any differences, anything changing um, on your dating tips, what to do on a first date? Give, us, give me five of your, your best first dates, where to go, what to do.
2: I love like a walk. I think that it's there's no strings attached. It's The weather's great. You can walk in the park. You can get some ice cream. You can just walk and talk, which I really like, and you're getting your steps in. I think that like a coffee date is actually a great idea. I feel like too often we center dates around drinking and then we forget if we actually like the person or not. But if you go for coffee or tea, then you're just like truly getting to know each other sober, like whether you drink or not, you just have a clear head in that moment. Um, I think that activity dates are underrated. Like maybe you go, I don't know, rock climbing or hiking Um, I think obviously like the drink date is never a bad idea. It's just more of like a standard. So you can do that. And then I think this summer is a perfect time for like an ice cream date. Um, and you can get ice cream whenever it could be during the day, it could be at dinner, it could be right after dinner. And again, like these are just interesting ideas. Like no strings attached. I also, I love a comedy show, but I don't know about first date because you won't really be able to talk much.
1: Yeah. I um I agree with you. I, I love the walking dates. I think those are really nice because it's just the two of you and you're doing something active and you'll also get an idea. Is this guy active or not? Or, you know, it's, whoever it is, are they active? Do they want to walk? And if they first say, oh, you know, I really don't, I don't have sneakers. I don't want to walk that far. It's too hot outside. It's too cold outside. You're like, okay, maybe this won't work. But I also love coffee because as you mentioned, I think that going for a drink, even though it's a standard type of date and everybody first thinks let's go for a drink, you know, not everybody drinks, you know, there are a lot of sober people out there and they don't prefer to drink. And quite honestly, having coffee, you stay sober. You don't let the alcohol get to you and it doesn't fog, you know, what you may do. It doesn't alter your thought process at all. And the coffee is just, it could linger onto, maybe it could be lunch or dinner. And if you have coffee early enough, you know, you could spend the whole day with the person if it works out well. Yeah. Yeah, I I like those. I really do. And they're very simple. They don't have to cost anything. Now who pays?
2: For the I first. think in a situation where it is a man and a woman, whoever asked for the date should pay. So if the guy asks the girl out, he should be prepared to pay. But I think that the woman should always offer. I don't think there's anything cute about being entitled and just sitting there when the bill comes, like, waiting. Um, I think that you should always at least, like, do a reach or, like, make it look like you're going to get your wallet, but, um, they better say no and they better take care of it.
1: I agree. Mother of two daughters. I agree. And it's not really just a gender thing. I just think a good way for people to think about that first date is whoever does the asking. I think that's great advice. I like that. Um, and then what about the second or third date? Do you just assume, I mean, what if you know that you make more money than that person? What if that person, hopefully he or she is not complaining about money because that's kind of a turnoff and we don't really need to know all that stuff Mm -hmm. in the first or second or third date. Do you just assume that, do you go with the same standard, whoever asked you out on the date by the third date or?
2: I think that the second or third date, they should still be treating you. Like it's still the courting stage in so many ways. So I think it's really important that they still step it up. Um, but I think that like, once you're more established in your relationship, you can have a conversation like, Hey, um, you know, I want to get this, or maybe I'll get this check. You'll get the next type of thing. I don't really think splitting is cute. I think like you just get it and then they get it next time or something like that. I but splitting
1: is gross. I, I, when I see couples doing it, young, old, older, it's like, no, just somebody pick it up. Cause right. somebody asked somebody to meet
2: them on this date. Right. So just it's pick very, it up. yeah. I mean, even when you're in a, an actual relationship, I find it a little cringe. Um, yep. Just like, you know, as you said, like one person picks it up, the next person picks it up. I think that, Especially if you're in a serious relationship, like if you're heading towards marriage, you know, all the money's going to the same place anyway. So like if you care that much, it to me, it's like a red flag almost.
1: So on a personal level, I know that you just you live with your boyfriend. And so have you changed things and maybe the rules that you thought were appropriate, quote unquote, appropriate to what you're doing now? Has anything shifted for the two of you? or for you and what you think should be right once you live with somebody?
2: I think that we, you know, we do things very even, but it's not like tit for tat. Mm -hmm. It's just like, Oh, you know, we're furnishing a new apartment. So it's like, I'm going to get the table. You'll get the bed. I'll get the chairs, but it's not like we're measuring out like, Oh, I spent this. So you need to spend that. It's very, it's very natural and it's very healthy and like, I think that's a green flag that just shows that, like, you know, it's all going to the same place, hopefully. So it doesn't really matter who's spending what. Um, I actually have heard of people who move in with a partner signing an apartment prenup, which I think is interesting, about all their, like, furniture and what goes where. It's not the worst idea. I just...
1: It really depends on the people, right? If they're cool doing it then it's fine. I personally would not want that for my daughters, uh, but, you know, it depends on your relationship and what, what it feels right. I guess it goes back to the same thing as, like, the texting. If you don't have to think about it or screenshot it or ask your friends about it, if it just feels okay and you don't feel pressured to be doing something you don't want to do, then go with it, you know? And I think mm-hmm. every in every relationship, you learn something more about yourself, you have to, I mean, that's what relationships are there for, whether they're friendships or romantic relationships, they're there for you to learn about life, about yourself, about eventually getting to that relationship that is the ultimate, the one you fall in love with or whoever that girl or guy is your best friend who's got your back all the time. It's, you landed in that place in those relationships based on your past relationships. And I think that that's what finally gives you that knowledge you know, that education of dating, that's why it's so important to date in your 20s or before you decide to settle down with somebody and have a family, that you get all of that stuff out of your system so you know this is this person is who I really want to spend the rest of my life with.
2: Yeah, I totally agree.
1: Yeah. So for now, um, I wanted to ask you, and speaking of dating, when is... When is it appropriate? I should probably ask you this question after the break. Let me just ask you this question, and I'll ask you the other question. Um, exclusivity. How do you know, if you met somebody on a dating app, how do you know that they're not dating anybody else? Like, how do
2: you know? Hmm. So you have to always assume that they are, because get, you'll get hurt if you don't always assume they're seeing somebody else, always assume that their eggs are not all in your basket and yours shouldn't be in theirs. It's so important to date multiple people and see what's out there before you know, committing to this person. And however, I think that like the woman should have her eggs in multiple baskets for longer. I know that's controversial to say, but like the man should be more decided more quickly. Um, and I think the woman should, you know, keep seeing what's out there because you never know. Like we're we're more loyal and you don't want to give that loyalty right away if it's not deserved.
1: So you would suggest to somebody you keep dating while well, he's totally into you. So you're like still keeping your the yeah, unless you have a conversation
2: people. about mm-hmm. what you guys are. And I think
1: that's, yeah, and that's still hard to know. Like you said, assume he's dating other people. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if that's just an awkward conversation or just a natural progression, like all the other things we talked about, the texting and so on, a natural progression to just say, okay, like I see him every single night or I see her every single night.
2: There's We talk all day. Natural progression, but it still needs to be addressed because- you know, you, you can't just like give all of yourself to somebody if if they don't make it clear what their intentions are.
1: Yeah. That's what makes dating so difficult and confusing. We are going to take a quick break right now and uh, stick with us with Lindsay and more millennial dating advice from the guru herself. We'll be back in a few minutes.
0: Try finding your frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. On Fearlessly Authentic, Jody talks about mental and physical well being, and the key to both starts with proper nutrition. The Jody Fit Jumpstart Meal Plan was created to help your body feel better, whether your goal is to lose weight, gain muscle, or just feel lighter and more energetic. Following this meal plan can help you get there. The Jodi Fit Jumpstart Meal Plan is a 21-day plan to help you learn the most important things about the food we eat and what foods are right for you based on your goals and activity level. The Jodi Fit Jumpstart Meal Plan is a real plan for real life. This is not a diet, but a change in lifestyle. The plan is simple and easy for you to follow. In the 21-day plan, you will receive meal ideas, snack ideas, a grocery list, and a 21-day journal crucial to your success with inspirational quotes to keep you motivated and keep track of your progress. The key to success is commitment, consistency, and willpower. Be fearless and trust the journey. Go to JodyFit.com to purchase the JodyFit meal plan now and use the promo code PODCAST to get 25% off. It's your world. Motivate, change, succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are listening to Fearlessly Authentic with Jody Harrison Bauer. We'd love to hear from you with any questions or comments you may have. Send an email to info at jodyharrisonbauer.com. That's info at jodyharrisonbauer.com. Now, back to Fearlessly Authentic.
1: Welcome back, everybody, to Fearlessly Authentic. I'm with Lindsay Metzler, host of. We met at Acme. She is the expert on millennial dating and as I found out earlier, um, she's gotten into matchmaking too. So we'll talk about how you can reach Lindsay. Well, actually Lindsay, why don't you tell everybody how? They can reach you if they have any questions about dating or even matchmaking, I
2: guess. Yeah, they could slide into our DMs on Instagram where at we met at Acme, or go to our website we met at acme.com for more information. Perfect.
1: Thank you. Um, And as we were talking in the break, I might have somebody for you. Anyway, um, not for you, but for a matchmaker. Um, So another question I wanted to ask you, that whole exclusivity seems to be, to me, like, I remember after I got divorced and I was the only dating app out there was match.com. And I remember, like, it it brought me so much anxiety to wonder, like, am I just, is he just dating me? I, I mean, I didn't care. I was just dating. I just wanted to get out there and date and have fun. And, you know, I wasn't looking for a relationship. And probably that's why I had so many men interested in me, because I was not looking for a relationship. So, um, but when you did, when I eventually did like somebody, I did wonder like, well, what's going on? Are they dating? them? it's just, it's very anxiety prone type of thing. It's just really hard to have that conversation, even though you said you have to have the conversation, but really, how do you do it? Like just ask.
2: So I actually think, and I get I get hate all the time for this because my views are quite traditional. But I think that the guy should bring it up in that kind of situation. Um, I think for a girl to say like, "What are we? What are we doing here?" Um, is always not cute. It's very ultimatum to me. And then I also it's very, think like, it's very
1: awkward. I mean, I remember. Awkward. Feeling that way, like what are we doing? Like, are you, basically your question is, are you are you sleeping with anybody else?
2: Yeah, it's very awkward, um, and I think that you don't really like you kind of know if someone is only seeing you or not, and if you're asking, you probably already know that they're not, and so I think that like you should have the confidence to just like enjoy it, enjoy getting to know them. And then they'll like eventually want to define things. And they'll say, you know, what's going on? Um, I really like you. Like I would love to, you know, see where this can go or take this to the next level, whatever it is. for me, it happened like pretty naturally. I um, was having a conversation with my boyfriend and he wasn't my boyfriend at the time. And he was talking about going away that weekend. And he was like, you know, and he was going to be with a few people who like, who kind of know me from a long time ago, we're not on the best terms with. And I was like, oh, like, you have to let me know if they say anything bad about me. And he was like, if they did, I would be like, you can't talk about like, don't talk about my girlfriend. And I was like, wait a second. Um, And I was like, you know, you have to ask me if you want me to be your girlfriend. And he was like, I know. And then he like waited uh, like a little longer and then he officially asked me, but that was like a slip up. And so I think those happen naturally. Like if you go to a party, um with somebody that you're not that isn't your girlfriend or boyfriend yet someone will be like is this your boyfriend you know and then you have to have those conversations so it will come up
1: I I think your point of saying this you've said it a few times already that if it happens naturally then you don't have to wonder you just never have to wonder because it does happen naturally and when it doesn't start happening naturally and you've reached that point like What is it? What is the natural time where you would say to somebody, okay, I don't feel like you're my boyfriend or girlfriend. I'm not getting any vibes back from you. Yeah. We're texting. Yeah. We're having fun. Yeah. We're doing a lot of things together, but now it's like three months and I'm still not sure. When do you, when do you ask that question? What are we if you haven't gotten anything clear? Maybe he's a non-committal person, she's a non-committal person. When is the right time to kind of ask and be bold, be confident, say, I really dig you, I really like you. What mm-hmm. are we? Because if we're not anything, like you hit a plateau in the relationship, right? You're like, am I coming? Am I going?
2: Well, you actually just made a really good point. You said something along the lines of like, if you, you know, if it's good and if it's happening naturally, you don't have to wonder. Um, And the reason that that's such a good point is because if you brought it up and then they, you know, decided to make you their girlfriend or something, then you would wonder if I hadn't brought it up, would they still have done this or did I corner it? Right. Right. Like, you know, and so I think that's a perfect way of articulating like why it's so important for it to be like their idea almost. Um, if you haven't defined things with somebody by three months at the latest, I think that's when you got to walk away and you have to just respect yourself.
1: I kind of, I love the whole 12 week rule. I mean, even in fitness for what I do, it's 12 weeks to finally start seeing your body transform. It's 12 weeks to finally see the growth in a relationship. It's always that 12 weeks where things just start rounding the corner and you're like, Oh, Okay, I see it. Yep, I don't have to question this relationship or no, I'm out of here. So, what about when is it appropriate to sleep with the person? How many dates? What is it these days?
2: I think that the worst thing that you could do, almost worse than sleeping with someone on the first date, is sleep with someone on the third date because someone out there had normalized this third date rule of, oh, you have to wait three dates to sleep with them. And it got in, like, people's heads. And now, like, I know guys who will intentionally wait till the third date just to sleep with women. And it's disgusting. And so you don't want to be this, like, cliche. But more importantly, you want to build up this, like, sexual tension with them. You want to... Really enjoy it when you do sleep with them and feel safe and feel comfortable. And when you've only known them for three dates or one date, you don't you're you don't feel safe and you don't feel comfortable. And um, well, there's no rela- there's
1: no re- there's no real relationship. You're just getting to know fine. each other still. Do you feel that way for men too? Do you tell men the same thing? I know we're both women and we're we're coming from a female perspective, but would you tell a man? that comes to you for advice, don't sleep with her until you know what? What would you tell a man? Are the rules the same for a man and a woman? If they're not, what would you tell them? And if they are, what is it?
2: I absolutely would. I would say the same thing. Don't sleep with her until you know if you like this person. Um, Because men similar to women, like, you know, they might like get excited and they might like want to, you know, physical and whatever. Maybe they haven't slept with someone in a while. Um, And then like, I would say this is more like male than female, but like if they then have sex with you, like they're like, oh, well now what? You know, like we've already done everything that like this is leading up to. And I don't even really know her. And so and there's not holding me to this,
1: right? The sex to me always seems to be the the thing that is like the frosting on the cake. Like you've already gotten to know this person, you you like them, she likes you, you like each other, and you just want to kind of have that intimacy, that connection, and that's the only thing that you haven't really um, done together. You know, you've gone on hikes, you've gone on dancing, you've gone to a show, you've, you know, whatever it's been. But that, and I think again, these things all seem very simple, but everybody, we all complicate them because sometimes we want things to happen for us that aren't happening. So we push and then we get the pull back and the push and the pull and the push and the games and may the games begin, right? But if we Mm -hmm. stick to a code, and I don't know how you feel about that, but like kind of a rule that you have, okay, I'm going online dating, I'm going online and dating, and this is, I'm not going to sleep with somebody until I've gone on 10 dates with them. So is there like a, a an amount of dates you think somebody should go on? I think 10 it? is great. Yeah, I, I, think, I do too.
2: I think if you're more eager, like anywhere from like six on, um, yeah if you really need to on the fifth date, but I don't think that there's any rush, especially if it's someone that like, you just know it's gonna be really good with, then like, maybe this is someone that you'll end up having sex with forever. So like, what's the point in rushing that? But I don't think a lot of people feel that way. I think a lot of
1: men and women, and I think a lot of women these days feel that, hey, I can have sex with somebody on the first date or the second date or third date. I'm good. I'm not going to be emotionally connected with them. And we know women, it's just biologically true. Women connect. They want the hug. You know, Men have testosterone. Women have very little of it. They don't have as much as men. And during that time, the testosterone is driving everything. They don't really want to cuddle afterwards, but the woman wants to cuddle. So if you don't know that person intimately and you haven't, you don't have a relationship, that man's not going to want to cuddle with you afterwards. Mm -hmm. And that's going to make the woman feel like crap afterwards. And I think this idea that you're suggesting six to 10 dates is so the woman doesn't feel like shit after she has sex with somebody too early. And the man doesn't feel like, whoa, this this was really dumb or she shouldn't have done. it. It still goes back to your traditional, I'm traditional going back to traditional kind of rules for men and women, whether you follow them or not.
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, unless, and there's always the exception of like, unless you don't want or don't care if it goes anywhere, in which case, like totally sleep with them, you know, but just have no expectations.
1: Right. You can't. And I think that's where it it changes things. Um, What I was talking to somebody recently about this, I don't know where I've been reading this lately but about double texting. I didn't know this was a thing, so I've kind of educated my myself a mm-hmm. little bit. So give me the whole like lowdown
2: on double texting. Is it just yeah. Well, double texting is just when you, you know, text them again because they haven't responded to the first one and I think it's a big no-no. Um I think that You know, there's always every now and then you can get away with a double text if you're making a funny joke. Um, But overall, to me, it comes off as desperate. And that's never something that we want to, you know, seem in, in dating.
1: Right. Because you leave them a text and then it's a couple of days or a couple of, I don't know how long it takes to go back and do that double text. But basically it's like, hello, remember me? And they're like, "Dude, I, I know who you are. I chose not to respond to you."
2: Hmm. Exactly. But like then, if, usually, people know if they didn't respond, and if they if you mean something to them, they're gonna get to your text. I agree because
1: they're gonna be like, "Wait, I haven't talked to Lindsay in a while. Wait a minute."
2: Right then they'll pull it up and
1: they'll be like, "Oh my god,
2: I didn't respond to her last message. I better get in touch right now."
1: Right. Right. And I've heard people say, "Oh, I forgot to press send." I'm sure you hear that.
2: People say, yeah, that, oh, that I forgot mean, to do that. I mean, who forgets to press send? Who wants to be with someone who forgets to press send?
1: <laughs> That's a really, really good point. I love that. That's a great point. Who wants to be with somebody who forgets to press send? Now, sometimes I do forget to press send, but, you know, it's usually to my daughters and I've already texted them a hundred times during the day. So right. It's okay. Um, but yeah, you don't want to be with somebody who's forgetting to press send because you want to be important enough to them.
2: Mm-hmm. So yeah. what
1: about, um, So, you talked about the sex and how long for the sex, what about a sleepover? Like, so, so just
2: a fun sleepover. Know, I actually find that a sleepover is more intimate than sex. Um, so I personally would not have a sleepover until we are having sex. My first sleepover with my boyfriend was the night that we had sex for the first time, and I said to him, How "I said, long did you wait? I waited like a month, but okay. it was like I would say it was like seven dates, maybe, okay. and um, could have been more actually. And I said to him the night that we had sex for the first time, I was like, just oh no, no before before sex was on the table when we were just like having a normal conversation. I was just like." Just so you know, whenever we do decide to have sex, you have to sleep over that night.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you want the cuddle. You want to feel the intimacy. Not even that. Like, I'm actually
2: surprisingly not such a cuddler. Okay. It's more of just, like, respect. Like, for me, I was like, I am giving you something that's very intimate. Like, Mm -hmm you can't, like, if you left after, which he would never have done anyway, but I was like, if, you know, in my head, when I thought about it, I was like, if you left after, I would be really upset. And so I just want to vocalize it. Like, this is what I want. And I think that's like, okay, as women, like to, to say what you need, because then like, if I hadn't said that, and for some reason he thought it would be, you know, a good idea to leave after sex, then I would be really upset.
1: I read somewhere that when you were in your early 20s and you were dating, that you didn't know the protocol, like when to leave. You were an
2: overstayer. I was. I was very embarrassing. I would stay the next day and hang out with their roommate. I would just like kick back my legs, order food. I had no idea like what boundaries were. And I'm so grateful that I learned that as I got older, but- It's definitely cringe when I think back on it.
1: When did you learn through experience? Did somebody did a girlfriend or a guy friend say, hey, Lindsay, you got to get out of there, you know, the next day, like, you know, have a cup of coffee, maybe, but just make the bed and leave.
2: I think experience, honestly, just like as I grew older, I realized that like if someone had done that to me, I would be super turned off by that. And just like as you get busier and older and you have your own spaces that are very sacred to you, you realize how important it is to have that space. Like if you have a sleepover with someone and like they linger, it's it's never a good look unless like you're, you know, on the more serious end.
1: Okay. Yeah, I like that. I was, I thought that was really cute. And, you know, it's like, what have we learned in our 20s? Totally. Is there a right way and a wrong way to text somebody? So you meet somebody online or somebody matches you up, you start a text, how do you know how much to text, how much not to text, how to flirt on via text. So somebody's just out there, they've been in a relationship. They're kind of out of, out of practice. How do you, how do you sound cool, but interested via text?
2: I think the wrong way to text is to always be initiating, especially like as a woman. Um, And I think also the wrong way to text is just like, Incessantly um texting, like you know, more than one question at once. I think also like I'm not a big paragraph writer. Like if you have a couple things to say, break it up. No one wants to read a long paragraph, it can be very scary. Um like my daughters. (laughs) It's it's scary, especially you know, for millennials and Gen Z, like. No one wants to make it like just no one wants to look at their phone and be like, Oh my God, I'm being yelled at, you know, which is what that feels like, even if it's intended to not.
1: Right. Right. So keep it cool. Keep it simple. I guess it goes back to, you know, just keeping it simple, be cool, be who you are, always be who you are. And I think a lot of also a lot of people try to change, but that's, you know, I'm just, I, I think that so many people are, out and about now, as you said, they're looking for fun. They're not necessarily maybe looking for relationships or they're looking for serious relationships. Do you think it's one of the, do you think these, there, there's an extreme, like I want to be super single. I just want to have fun. And the people like, I really want to find love. And do you think it has to do with age?
2: I don't. I think it has to do with where you're at in your life. Like if you have, if you feel accomplished, and you're like, I'm crushing it on my job. I love my family. I love my apartment. I'm now ready to like open my, my heart up to love, you know, like as opposed to, and that can happen at any time, at any age. But if you don't have everything else in place, I can't imagine that you'd be able to like love right and love well.
1: Yeah, you have to first love yourself. You know, I have so many clients of mine that you know want to start fixing their body and get into the best shape they can be and feel strong and healthy in their body before they put themselves out there to date or to you know to to date to get into a new relationship. They've just broken up with somebody and they're Mm -hmm. they're kind of broken inside. I always tell them you've got to work on yourself first. And it goes back to, it might sound corny, but loving yourself first, because if you don't love yourself first, you can't put yourself out there to love somebody else or to have fun with somebody else if you don't dig yourself.
2: It's so true. And like, you know, for me, at least, like how I treat myself often is how I treat others. And if I'm not treating myself and my body and my mind well, then I'm going to be a disaster when it comes to dating other people
1: and you've gone through some transformations mentally and physically throughout sure. your 20s to be at this good place where you are now right
2: yeah tons yeah. Ton.
1: it's people have to understand it. again it's this is life and we have to put in the work to get to that place we want to end up and if it's if you're looking for love if you're looking for a fulfilling respectful fun exciting relationship then you've got to put in the work on yourself first to meet that person. You know, it's like that song, I just haven't met you yet. That's really Mm -hmm. what it's about. Like work on yourself first and you'll, that person will just come into your life normally. And I'm sure that, you know, women still go out, men and women still go out and they're like, maybe I'll meet the one tonight, but it's never that night that you're going to meet the one. It's always when you least expect it. And our parents told us that, right. But it's so true.
2: It's so true, like you cannot force that.
1: No, you can't. When is a great time to introduce that person once you've been with them for a little while to your parents? When's the right time to introduce to your parents?
2: I think the right time is when you are really excited about that. And when you've said like, I love you or are like nearing that part and you feel that this is something, little bit more serious because I don't know about other people's parents, but my parents in particular definitely get attached um, easily. So it has to be someone I feel strongly about and know that they feel strongly about me if we're going to take that step with the parents.
1: Yeah, I I think so too. Yeah, parents do. We, We parents do seem to get attached because when we see our children happy then we, we like that because mm-hmm. we're only as happy as our saddest child. So exactly. coming from a parent's perspective here. So we are almost to the end of this show today. And I know we could talk for hours more and more about relationships, okay. but I wanted to ask you what fearlessly authentic means to you and what it means to live a fearlessly authentic life.
2: Such a great question. And I wonder what I said last time. I hope it's not too similar, but I will say being true to yourself, but that's not just the cliche. It's really finding out who who am I and being completely self-aware, whether that's through therapy, um, you know, through looking at your body, through yoga, through meditation, whatever it is, um, maybe you have to be sober, whatever it is to try to understand who you are, like stripped down um, is really the only way that you can be authentic to yourself. And also like doing what works for you. There are so many rules out there. There's so much noise, but really find out what is the perfect thing for you and try to tune everything else out.
1: Yeah. So kind of owning what it is that is right for you and what works for you rather than, as you said, listening to all the noise. And the noise gets really loud, doesn't
2: mm-hmm. it? It does. It really does.
1: Yeah. So well, thank you so much for being on the show, Lindsay. Thank again, it's I'm me. so glad we were able to make this happen. Yes. And I love everything that you have to say. And again, I think it goes for all different ages. And um, I love I love the good stuff you put out there, the great advice. And I I love that you're a, a traditional girl because um, I I just think we need some traditions in our life, you know? We so if,
0: um,
1: again, if um, anybody needs to reach out to you, how can they um, how can they reach you?
2: They can reach me on Instagram at We Met at Acme or my personal at Linz L-I-N-D-Z-M-E-T-Z and um, on our website, we met at Acme.com.
1: Okay, wonderful. Thank you again, Lindsay. Talk to you you soon. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and I'll catch you next week on Fearlessly Authentic.
0: Thank you for tuning in this week to Fearlessly Authentic. Please listen again next Thursday at 12 noon Pacific time and 3 p.m. Eastern time for another edition with your host, Jody Harrison Bauer, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and unlock the keys to a more powerful you.